Not a matter of if, but when crisis will rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world dilemma. My crisis squad and I seek solutions. Today, crisis squad member and CEO of Goff Public, Jennifer Hellman, is here. Jen is a reputation management and PR professional who helps clients tell their stories. One of her specialties is crisis at academic institutions. Jen is here for the case file I call Brand Rehab. Jen, no shortage of brands in need of a fix. We'll get to some corporate names rocking the headlines, but first let's talk about one of the most prestigious of brands, Harvard. Its president, Claudine Gay, resigned on January 2nd, 2024. Not a great kickoff for the year. No, it hasn't been. And you're right, it felt like Harvard's reputation, I mean, it truly has been the gold standard around the world. It's tough right now in higher ed. There is a huge spotlight on all colleges and universities, but even the ones at the very top are not getting a pass. We're still in the recovery of COVID. We have fewer students enrolling in college, so they're competing for a fixed number of people. We are post the decision about DEI and being able to use that. And then we're in the midst of a really divided world, and brands are being asked to take stands and to make judgment calls. And this is very difficult for colleges and universities to do because of free speech, but there is still an expectation that they're going to take a stand. In this case, there was testimony in early December in front of Congress, and there was some direct questions about anti-Semitism on campus that they gave kind of evasive responses to, which is then what started this backlash. So it was kind of a long time coming for this resignation, but not really because she's only been the president for six months. Right. A lot of different things. Now, in case file number 43, quit while you're ahead. We talked with you about a different university president and the long time that it took for her to resign or step aside, whatever, work out a deal with the university. But the bigger issue here is when there are these volatile hotspots around the world or other current events in various countries that brands are being asked to react. And you and I have talked about this in the past on The Crisis Files. You help brands with this. It's important to understand the how. And then the what in what you are saying, what you are putting out there, because a lot of brands are getting that reaction wrong. Correct. And we've talked about the importance of tying it to your values, being very clear about what your brand values are, and then with whatever is happening, how does that decision align with your values? So it doesn't matter what Harvard thought about the war that was going on. The president was specifically asked about anti-Semitic acts on campus. This is something that should not be tolerated. And there was a failure to make a real definitive statement, and that's where she started to get into trouble. Right. And then people started looking into her, and accusations of plagiarism came out with her dissertation and other writings. And that's a really rough word, right? Plagiarism is a loaded term. It's an illegal thing, or at least an anti-policy thing, depending on what we're talking about. So sadly for her and Harvard, that departure was just terrible headlines. But I do wonder, as we're talking about brand rehab, do we really think that Harvard's brand is going to suffer? 
I mean, right now in the short term, sure. And I think everybody is surprised. And maybe because they've been at the top, even some people might take some glee over, oh, look at this brand that has always been the gold standard, has been brought down a notch. But do you really think that there's going to be fewer students applying to Harvard? Likely not. And likely those who can go afford it through various ways, when they get that acceptance, they will go to Harvard. I think brands can recover from these kinds of incidences, especially we talk about putting money in the bank of trust. And brands, as they are establishing themselves, every time there's a good positive story, every time somebody posts about the brand in in a flattering way, you're putting money in that bank, more and more money. And brands that have that huge excess of savings, when things like this happen, they have all kinds of savings to draw from. It's the brands that don't invest in that reputation that don't have a lot to stand on. Harvard has been investing in that and has a brand reputation that has grown from years and years and years and years of prestige and good work. So I don't think that this one incident is going to be a disaster for them. I think this is something they recover from. Right. So this incident, possibly, now there are some other things that they had been dealing with, but I agree with you in overall, the brand of Harvard has built hundreds of years, really, into their bank of trust. But let's turn now to some other brands that might not have that kind of legacy. But you'd think, when I tell you some of the names, that they might. Boeing, January 5th, the side blew out of their 737 MAX 9 on Alaska Air Flight 1282. There were some injuries. There's some conflicting reports on how both Alaska Air as well as Boeing were talking about it afterward. What is your take on this? Because this isn't the first bad headline for Boeing in the last couple of years. No, Boeing was just uh, recovering from having an entire fleet of planes grounded for a couple of years after a couple of crashes that, of course, were outside of the U.S., but made, of course, uh, international news. For a company like Boeing, their number one value has to be safety. There's just nothing else, right, that should matter to them as much as safety. And people need to be able to trust that that is the most important thing to them and to the airlines, not for the sake of profits, keeping people up in the air on planes that aren't essentially 99.9% safe. So when you have multiple incidences like this, it does start to chip away at that trust. The other issue on the airplane that had the door blow out, Alaska Airlines talked about it just resulting in minor injuries. And then a woman on the plane whose son was sitting right next to that side, that side, the gaping hole, turns out she was a former journalist and lawyer. And she came out to tell her story. She didn't give her first and last name because she knew what that attention would do. But she was saying, I could no longer sit by and hear them say that this was a minor incident. And then she goes into detail describing needing to hold on to her son as even the shirts that he was wearing was getting sucked out of the airplane. It was absolutely terrifying for them. And I think anybody who read her account of what happened 
could agree this was not a minor incident. Right, and Jen, even if you don't read her account, I mean, we've all seen the Marvel movies, not everyone is a superhero when a side of a plane is open that you could survive that. I was surprised people didn't die because the side of the plane blew out at the altitude it was at. I mean, air pressure, common sense science, I think it was a miracle this woman and her son and the woman on the other side of her survived. Exactly. And that's why you can't, in a crisis situation, ever minimize something that happened. You know, you think about like an injury on the job. Companies might be tempted to say, but we've gone 100 days without an injury and this is our first one. It's significant to that person. And any thought that you're trying to minimize that and not think about that one human life that's being impacted people, then they don't believe you the next time that you talk about something Well, and it's a hit on the bank of trust, right? Absolutely. So if Alaska Airlines tried to minimize this, I mean, it, it makes all of us think there's possibly a flight in spring 2024 that I could be taken on Alaska Airlines. This story alone makes me say I'm not flying them. I mean, it's those kinds of things, even if the safety is not a concern by the time I have to fly. All right, let's talk about some other names overall in this theme of brand rehab. I'd love your professional take on some of these brands, and some of them are individual people connected to institutional brands. So Bill Belichick, famous, famous, probably believe he is the all-time winning NFL head coach, recently resigned. And I don't think people were super surprised because the last few seasons had been off. But look, he's won six Super Bowls, just a coach's kind of coach. Is it bad for his brand that he was kind of on a down note winning-wise for the future narrative for him? Well, anyone who knows me well will think that it's funny that I'm even commenting on this because I'm not into professional sports a whole lot. And I know that. That's why I said we're going to talk about this, From what I do know about him and his brand, even as a layperson, I can tell you it's sterling. That brand was built over 24 years of doing a lot of things right. With the Pats. And then he was a coach even prior to that with other teams. Right. So and absolutely. He, even, even getting a following in the business community because of his term, just do your job. He had a lot of remarkable leadership moments that have lived on even outside of the world of sports. So everyone's career has to come to an end at some point. The way that the messaging has been pretty good between the coach and the team, as far as it sounds like their communication has been pretty much coordinated. Right. New England Patriots are saying good things about him. There's no dirty laundry coming out that I've heard. Right. And I think the worst thing that somebody could do, especially Belichick in this instance, would be to say anything negative. It would be at this point... Take the high road. Take the victory lap. He has earned it. That's how you turn that reputation into a legacy that then will withstand the test of time. All right. I love that term, victory lap. Let's talk about award shows. Not everyone's into them, but the Golden Globes for 2024 and usually every year kickoff award season. I happen to watch it this year. I do love award shows. Last year they were canceled partly because of just so many issues, This whether it was the pending strike, just a lot of issues. And the ownership entity of the Golden Globes, that's the biggest reason, had come under scrutiny, corruption, all those kinds of things. So they come back out early January 2024. Joe Coy, an Asian comedian. I think he's fabulous. I love watching him. He's irreverent. He's hilarious. But frankly, his monologue sucked. 
It bombed, and he tried to say on stage, you know, the things you're laughing at, I wrote, the writers wrote the rest, and then he starts bashing the writers. But instead of just ditching the script and pivoting to just either non-joking or different jokes or just cutting that monologue short, he kept going, Jen. It was painful, and the ceremony itself was terribly written. The first problem is the fact that he was hired 10 days before the Golden Globes. So you start with, to your point, a bad reputation already for the award show. People didn't want their reputation attached to it. And so he decided 10 days in advance. And so, yeah, the the amount of time that he had to plan and prepare was probably not enough. It's a a tough thing anyways, right? You have a room full of A-list celebrities who are thinking about their acceptance speeches or what the look on their face is going to be like live when they don't get it. There's plenty of egos in the room. They're not necessarily out for a relaxed night of laughing at jokes. So there's already going to be sensitivities in the audience. It's going to just be a tough audience, right? And so he went into that. Yes, his joke started to fall flat. And had he pivoted in any other way that comedians do, it would have been fine. It was when he came out and blamed the writers. That's what people don't like to hear. The blame game. Yes. If your jokes suck, just acknowledge it. it. Take accountability. And this is a theme across all kinds of crisis communications, right? Companies, leaders, anyone who doesn't just own it and take accountability right at the front, they get themselves into trouble. Yes, it doesn't feel so serious when it's the Golden Globes and it's a comedian, but it's a lesson that we can apply to lots of crisis communication scenarios. It was super cringeworthy. It was like I usually love these award shows, and it was more like I was flipping around, and I was just, I will never forget that. I will get over it because I do like Joe Coy a lot. He is funny, and I hope he can do some good brand rehab. All right, final in the kind of harsher zone, then I want to get into some fun stuff. As we talk about brand rehab, we're going to get into athletes. Okay, so I'm going to name from my own favorite basketball team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards had a private conversation with a woman he apparently pregnated, according to the text exchange that went viral in December 2023. This is a question of private versus public. The woman made that exchange public. Then he got backlash for what it appears to be asking if she's going to get an abortion. All right. Now, I've heard some famous commentators go on and say, look, what happens in the bedroom, what happens in those kinds of conversations, that's private. I don't need to know about it. You might not agree with what he said, but that's private, and he shouldn't be put on the hook about that. He did not get fined. The team did not have major repercussions. The coach did make a comment afterward and just chalked it up to he's still learning his lessons of youth. What is the larger lesson all of us out there can learn from this private versus public communications, and you truly don't have control over the privacy of it sometimes? You don't. This is why... We need to be careful with sexting, sending pictures to other people, even trusted people at that moment, right? Anything could change down the line. People don't get a pass for private conversations that go public. That's the sad reality. We used to be able to keep our personal lives and our professional lives separate. That hasn't been the case ever since the advent of social media. It's just too easy to share information. It's not great, and nobody likes to hear this, but you do have to be careful. 
anything that goes in writing, any pictures that are seen, people do have to think about that. And when you're a professional athlete and you have name recognition, anybody in that case is going to be especially vulnerable for what they say post-write. Right. There's a lot we can say here, but what I will say is they used to say to you, watch what you say. Now it's really watch what you text, watch what you post, because no matter how private you think something is, if something has a digital footprint, it is never, ever fully private or confidential. It can easily be found. It cannot really be deleted for long term. And on a social note, watch who you are literally sleeping with, because <laughs> Anybody can screw you in the end, and you don't know how that's going to affect. So the, the future casting, the coach in me says, always protect your brand. Always. All right. Now, on a fun note, one of 2024's big breakout stars is Jeremy Allen White. He is the star of Bear, which is on online, a video. Uh, I believe it. I can't even remember what network it's on, but you can stream it. You can watch it. He is been one of the darlings of the current award season. Also, his Calvin Klein ad for underwear went viral, broke the internet. So here's a fun story. Calvin Klein did a little throwback to those campaigns of yesteryear when we saw very well-toned men and women, especially men, in their skivvies. What is your take on this whole thing, Jen? I liked that the brand went back to its root and got incredible success because of it. I think the reason that it's getting that is because there's something maybe empowering for women <laughs> and men, anyone who can appreciate what they're seeing in that ad, which is, by the way, beautifully done. It really is. Did you see the video? I did. It's artistic. I'll admit it's I amazing. watched it a couple times, Jen. I, I did too. <laughs> Okay, for research, right, to talk right, today. Absolutely. Uh, and how can you not? But it is just one of those things where I think sometimes we need something a little less serious to kind of be able to all appreciate each other's humanity and be able to bond over. So I've been enjoying watching this one for all many right. reasons. Well, that is a very positive note to wrap on. As always, thank you to Crisis Squad member Jennifer Hellman. You can connect directly with her and find out more about her firm at goffpublic.com. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Spoke 612 Productions. Number one, brands need to invest in their reputation over the long term. Their bank of trust will come in handy when a crisis occurs. Number two, Never minimize a crisis. Know your audience and don't blame others for a situation within your control. Number three, understand that no digital communication is fully confidential. What you say privately or text could be shared in public. Spoke 612 Productions takes your ideas and brings them to life. Linda, Sarah, and Matt are committed to excellence and inclusivity. As a WeBank certified women-owned production company, Spoke 612 inspires awareness and delivers impact through storytelling. When you put your project in their hands, Spoke 612 draws on their own talents and experience to ensure they tell the best possible version of your story. Visit their portfolio at Spoke612.com. Rate, review, subscribe to The Crisis Files on your platform of choice. Check out our new website, thecrisisfiles.com, to catch up on all case files. Follow us on YouTube and Instagram at The Crisis Files. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files. <laughs> <laughs>